There might be some injuries on the Packers' offensive line and in the secondary, but the return of several players gives the team hope against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. So what's going to happen? We'll ask Melissa Kim of WISC-TV in Madison. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for a game against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the line this morning. Expert interview. We have Melissa Kim of WISC TV in Madison. Miss Kim, how are you this morning? Good morning, Brian. I am doing well. It's a lovely fall morning here in Madison, so can't complain at all. Very good. Sounds good. We got a lot to get to through this game here uh, this this upcoming Sunday. So let's let's oh, yeah. let's start with the return of a, a bunch of injured players here, or guys who were injured at least. Um, how will the potential return of weapons like Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery impact the Packers' offense uh, against the Colts? I think it'll be huge. I mean, you just kind of look at the injury report, I think, for the past couple of weeks, it's like literally one of the lengthiest in the NFL, I feel like, almost, because there are just so many guys who, I mean, I think it's all started maybe even before Eddie Lacy, you know, how thin they are at those skill positions on offense. I mean, Randall Cobb will be huge, obviously. Ty Montgomery, I mean, he's kind of making the transition. He's been practicing more with the running backs this week, and he might be the number one guy on running backs. It's kind of crazy to think about. Um, and then you look at the other guys who – has been trying to contribute, I think, Jordy Nelson being one of them. I mean, you talked to him, I think it was the game after the Giants, we talked to him, which they did win, but you could tell in his face, like in his demeanor, that he was still really disappointed that he wasn't, he didn't think he was contributing enough, that he wasn't at 100% yet. So I think that having a lot more options for Aaron Rodgers is going to be huge. I mean, it doesn't matter, like just bodies in there at this point because they've had so many injuries, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the running back position where you said Ty Montgomery will contribute, but uh, another guy might be coming back there as well. Do you think the experience of James Starks there will complement rookie Don Jackson at the running back position? Um, I think it definitely will. Anytime you have a guy that has a lot more experience kind of helping out these rookie guys, I think it's always definitely a plus. I think that James Starks is a maybe at this point, a very big maybe. I heard um, that he was kind of limited yesterday, but I think any time that you have those experienced guys, um, I also they, the Packers adding Brandon Burks from the practice squad. He had some good moments in the preseason. He was an undrafted free agent out of Troy. I mean, they're just kind of, I think, having some just-in-case scenarios at this point because I think you have to, I mean, after you saw what happened to Eddie. 
Yeah, we'll we'll continue to monitor the James Stark situation. Good that he returned to practice, but still limited, so still a question mark. Yeah. Uh, moving to the offensive line, Melissa, do you think we'll notice a change from J.C. Treader, who looks like he's going to be out, to Corey Lindsley at the center position? Yeah. It's kind of funny how these guys keep on swapping off um, <clears throat> every now and then. But um, I think that any time that you see a change at center, I think it, you would like for it to be flawless, ideally, obviously. But, I mean, they are kind of the quarterback of the offensive line. I think you will maybe see maybe some tweaking here and there, just a little bit of maybe getting used to in the first couple of snaps. Because, again, the offense has changed a lot since Lindsay was in there because um, they're throwing a lot more now instead of having their – running game. So I think maybe we see a couple, you know, a little getting used to a little tweaks here and there, but I don't think it'll be a huge difference. Uh, kind of in the same vein here. Uh, will Aaron Rodgers be able to remain upright if both Treader and TJ Lang miss Sunday's game? Kind of seems like Lang's up in the air a little bit. He didn't practice Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, then comes back Thursday. I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, I think McCarthy, I think he said, Coach McCarthy said yesterday, he's kind of holding back with TJ because, you know, he wants him to rest up, I think, maybe have him practice at the last possible moment on Saturday um, because, again, he's a huge part of that offensive line. And I think in the last couple of weeks when all those guys were healthy, you saw Aaron Rodgers having literally, I always say, like, forever and a day. Like, oh, my gosh, he has forever and a day, though, because that offensive line is so good. And when you kind of take two of those pieces of the puzzle out that have been together for the whole season, I think that you do see a change. And is he going to have some trouble? He might have some trouble. But um, I think that he should be okay, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he, he's a, he's a, he, he should be okay for sure. <laughs> We're talking to Melissa Kim of WISC-TV in Madison here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Melissa, um, Turning to the defensive side of the football for the Packers, seeing as Andrew Luck, the Colts quarterback, has been sacked a league-high 31 times, how much would the return of Clay <laughs> Matthews aid the Packers' pass rush? Oh, definitely huge. I think you could tell last week um, that like Clay definitely thought that he could have contributed to the game against the Falcons, but he would have made a difference. I think he would like to think that he did because he's definitely antsy to get out there. Um, he's you know third on the team in sacks right now behind Nick Perry and Julius Peppers and he did say yesterday after practice that he will absolutely play and that he feels a lot better than he did last week so I think it is like you know and not just from you know the physical standpoint but also from an emotional standpoint too Clay is one of the leaders on defense you know and I think that contributes a lot so I think that for sure well we will see Andrew Luck on the ground a couple times for sure on Sunday <laughs> all right in the secondary the Packers in dire straits with so oh. many of their cornerbacks <laughs> yeah. injured just this week Dimitri Goodson has mispracticed with a concussion after yeah. we knew Sam Shields and Demarius Randall would already be out yep I mean I think in, if there's any common theme that you can have for the Packers before the season offense and defense it is the injuries I mean a couple weeks ago um, at the Dallas game, I mean, you know, he had those injuries announced right before the game, you know. Like, I mean, um, it's, it's been tough on the team this year, but um, we did hear that Quentin Rollins practiced for the first time this week since he missed three games, too. And Don Caper said this week that, you know, in this, these kinds of situations, you just kind of have to make the best of what you have. He said that, you know, there's best-case scenarios, there's worst-case scenarios, and I think sometimes – in this situation that they're in, you always have to go with worst case scenarios first and just kind of make the best 
with everything that you have, which is a good life lesson to I mean, come on, dumb papers dishing out life advice too, as well as advice on what he's going to do this week. So I wouldn't call it dire yet because, again, you put your faith in Dom and say that he's going to do the best with what he's got. Yeah, maybe Quinn Rollins will come back too. We're kind of waiting on yeah. that. That would help, certainly. Um, all right, uh, Melissa, see, seeing as you cover the Madison market and are familiar with Scott Tolzien's UW connections, do you think there will be any, any yeah. attention on him after leaving Green Bay to sign with the Colts in the offseason? Um, I mean, obviously he's a really popular guy at UW. We actually talked to him um, right after he signed with uh, the Colts. He was uh, in Madison for a golf event over the summer. And I don't think so. I mean, I think at the end of the day, uh, I mean, unless Andrew Luck was down, but Scott said over the summer that, you know, he loved being his, his time in Green Bay. He learned a lot from being around Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But he does understand that, you know, the NFL is a business at the end of the day. and You kind of have to find your place wherever you can, you know, like whoever's interested in you. And so, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a warm welcome, of course. Um, like we said, he's, he's very popular around here. But um, I think I, I think he'll... Stay in, stay in the wings. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if Andrew Luck gets sacked so much, maybe he'll have to play. We'll we'll see about that. I know. <laughs> um, before we let you go, what's your prediction for the game? Are you allowed to give a prediction being a member of the media? Oh, sure. Why not? I think we're allowed to, generally speaking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think so. Listen, I think that it is going to probably be another – trying maybe I mean I think in the last couple of games when you watch the Packers offense it has been frustrating for fans I mean that is no lie at all because you know they in the time like uh the game against Dallas was the last one that I was at and you see Aaron Rodgers have these opportunities you see him have the ball for so long hold on to it for so long and you're kind of like what is happening why is he not throwing who like you know he just is kind of seeking out his options I think right now with his usual guys not being in but I do think that the Packers will win because, again, they're at home. They've only lost one game at home this season. And after that way the game against Atlanta went, I mean, they have to be hungry and frustrated and ready to go, you know. Um, and I think it was a couple weeks ago, Julius Peppers, he said that I think in these situations where the Packers lose games, fans and people from the outside really start to understand how hard it is to win games in the NFL. Anyways, all that being said, um, I say 35-28 Packers. That is my... That's my prediction. Sounds good to me. What will you be at the game or in the <laughs> studio on Sunday? Uh, I will be at the game on Sunday for sure. Fantastic. We'll look for your live reporting from uh, Green Bay <laughs> on you. on Sunday. So uh, good luck. Have fun and uh, keep up the good work at WISC TV. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Melissa Kim of WISC-TV, the CBS affiliate in Madison. I, seeing as the game's going to be on CBS, I want to have somebody from a CBS affiliate join us on the show. I think that worked out well, and glad to have Melissa talk a little Packers-Colts this morning as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right, there's been a lot of encouraging signs at practice this week with injured players making strides, I believe. Uh, first, there's the guys that returned to practice that didn't play last week. Uh, players in that category kind of include Randall Cobb, Ty Montgomery, Clay Matthews, and Quentin Rollins. Then there's the players who've been out several weeks that didn't practice on Wednesday, but returned to practice on Thursday, 
and those players include running back James Starks and tight end Jared Cook. And then there's TJ Lang, who head coach Mike McCarthy said he purposely was going to keep out of practice to kind of keep him healthy, keep him fresh. And lo and behold, he's out there anyway on Thursday. Uh, so to kind of go through each position here and kind of its impact on the team with these guys, are they returning? Are they not? But kind of start at the running back position. Uh, I think having James Starks back will help tremendously uh, because they're obviously not comfortable running their normal offense with Don Jackson back there. Um, now if Starks plays and it's not 100% here, but if he does play, uh, a majority of the time, or, you know, it's a matter if James Starks will be able to play a majority of the time, I guess is the way I should put it. Um, you know, the good, the good news with Don Jackson is he should be learning more of the offense with each passing week. Uh, we saw last week just about the only thing the Packers were comfortable doing was running draw plays with Jackson and Niall Davis. And, you know, to, to be honest, I don't really get that. I, I blame the coaching staff for doing that. Even though they're relatively new to Green Bay, these guys have been playing football since their youth. They know how to take a handoff and either run a power run or an outside zone or something like that. They they just need to give them a chance to do so. My my goodness, let let Don Jackson try that and see what happens. Um, but but regardless, you know, having a veteran back like James Starks will help tremendously, and I think that kind of leads right into the receivers who also dabble in the backfield, that being Ty Montgomery and Randall Cobb. And I think those guys will go back to doing what they've always done. And I expect Montgomery continues to work heavily as a pseudo running back, um, maybe even a actual running back. That, that'll allow the Packers to bring, you know, James Starks back slowly, first of all, so they can kind of split time there and you know, you would think if James Starks was fully healthy, he would be playing, you know, uh, three quarters of the snaps at least uh, in the backfield. Uh, but that, you know, seeing as he's not, you know, maybe he can only play, you know, 50% of the snaps, if that even. Uh, but, but, but you know, going back to Ty Montgomery here, just because he missed a game, I see no reason that he's going to go back to being strictly a receiver or anything like that. You know, I think they'll use him primarily as a receiving threat out of the backfield, but I could certainly see him getting the occasional carry too, just like he has been. And they can always use Cobb in that capacity too. Uh, so I, I think, you know, I think we're definitely going to see Cobb and Montgomery back. Hopefully we see Starks back. So there's kind of your skill position kind of analysis there and potential things that may happen if these guys are ready to return offensive line a little bit more uh I guess we're a little bit more negative side here because we know JC Treader is going to be out this week at least uh him having the MCL injury and it's not going to be something that sidelines him for a long time but J.C. Treader's going to miss a week, two, three, something like that. Um, and Corey Lindsley's going to be in. And, you know, 
I, I am hardly worried whatsoever. I touched on this the last episode of Railbird Central. Corey Lindsley is a guy who was a two-year starter uh, already. And, and, you know, having him been out basically the past six months, I, I think he'll be fresh and ready. You know, if is he going to be a little bit rusty perhaps? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I think uh, he'll kick off that rust real quick in the beginning of the game. Uh, the bigger question mark right now is TJ Lang. And forced to guess, I, I think, especially after practicing on Thursday, after they said he wouldn't, uh, I think TJ Lang will play in Sunday's game against the Colts. It's just a matter of can he hold up during the game now? Because you saw him in that, Fal- if, if you watch the game on television or you happen to be there, you could see him wincing on the sideline and just kind of fighting through injuries, dealing with a hip injury here. And that that seems to be impacting him the most. And, you know, there's, again, always that body blow theory. I'm sure there's other parts of his body that over the course of eight games of the season of being an offensive lineman in the NFL, that other parts of your body hurt too. But it's really the hip that's giving him more trouble than anything else. And boy, I, I I hope he can make it through. I hope he's just in the type of situation where he could just battle through it every week, even if he's got to sit out time during practice the following week to kind of recover from it. Because again, I don't think anybody wants to see Don Barkley in there in the lineup. Uh, I know I don't, and I've kind of beat that like a dead horse, so I'm not going to continue doing that. But anyway, that good good sign there that TJ Lang at least was able to practice because uh Aaron Rodgers really needs it not to mention the anybody carrying the football as well so uh cross your fingers there uh moving to the Packers uh defensive side of the football uh linebacker uh, defensive line every everything's kind of status quo there but linebacker position Clay Matthews looks to be back after missing with time with the hamstring injury and this is only going to help the Packers pass rush I think because you know you saw last week against the Falcons kind of the first game of the year in which the pass rush I thought was really poor uh but notwithstanding the Falcons game other than that it's been good pretty much all season long and I think a lot of it is due to Clay Matthews rushing from an outside linebacker position by no means has he been the only one he's Lots of contributions everywhere from Nick Perry and Julius Peppers and and, and all sorts of different guys. Uh, even even um, uh, the rookie out of Utah State, Kyler Fackrell. Uh, but but I mean, having Clay Matthews back there uh, is only going to help, especially against a um, a Colts, you know, offensive line that's been a little porous this season. So that's. The, the Packers' pass rush is going to be aided by Clay Matthews' return. And then in the, in the, in the secondary here, and, and particularly cornerback, where the Packers have been so snake-bitten, um, kind of one bit of news we hadn't mentioned yet, uh, and that's Dimitri Goodson has a concussion uh, that came up after the game. So he, he apparently he had to suffer it during the game, but never came out and kind of the... The symptoms kind of made themselves present after the game. So he has yet to practice this week. Wednesday, Thursday did not practice. They haven't ruled him out. I mean, some guys who don't have an injury history with concussions, they can kind of come back by the end of a week's time. So 
you're, you're kind of hoping Dimitri Goodson, at least from a depth standpoint, may be able to return by Sunday. But again, no guarantees there whatsoever. And then you're really crossing your fingers that Quinn Rounds, who has come back to practice on a limited basis this week, he's kind of a coin flip right now. I would say it's a good sign that he's definitely practiced. Uh, but, I, I mean, it, it, you kind of look at, you know, we're talking with Melissa Kim, the, the Dom Capers talking about worst-case scenario. What do you do then? I mean, if Goodson is out with a concussion and Rollins doesn't play, well, thank goodness Ladarius Gunter's healthy. Uh, he, he he's going to be the man there. And then you're probably looking at Micah Hyde being the other perimeter cornerback by necessity, uh, which is a little bit of a scary proposition there because the Packers, his rookie season tried him there and didn't really work out at all. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows Micah Hyde is not a speed merchant and they kicked him inside. They kicked him to the slot or a safety and he's been... I think better there. Uh, I don't think Michael Hyde is a great defender, but he's definitely been better, you know, when kicked inside or kicked to a safety position rather than out on an island at the cornerback. They're they're going to try to expose him if if it's necessary that he's out there. And then basically the only reserve you've got is Josh Hawkins, and, and the Packers have really been hesitant to play him anywhere but special teams, especially after he got, you know, burned a couple times early in the regular season. And, and, you know, hopefully he's made some strides and learned some lessons since then time. If it's necessary, he plays there. Uh, but they want to avoid that if possible. And, and then you're looking at, you know, if the Packers have to go to their dime package, you're looking at Morgan Burnett and Kentrell Bryce, who may have to play that dime cornerback position. Things they've done on occasion, but not really heavily. Maybe even Jermaine Whitehead, who dabbled a little bit there uh, during preseason action, as we talked about with Nathan Yonke a few weeks ago. Uh, it, you know, that I mean, that's really getting to places where the, the Packers have at least done it a little bit, but, you know, that's that's not the ideal lineup you want out on the field. So definitely keep an eye on what's going on in the Packers secondary. And really, I think, you know, cross your fingers about Quinn Rollins, and we'll mention that in the the day ahead here. And just finally, one one note here: uh, Melissa Kim mentioned it. The Packers signed Brandon Burks to the practice squad, kind of eight weeks longer than I expected they would. Uh, but he's finally back, and he's at least someone that got extensive work in the preseason. So, uh, not available on the Packers' fifty-three man roster. Uh, but kind of one of those just-in-case scenarios here after, you know, releasing Niall Davis and Eddie Lacy being in injured reserve. At least they've got somebody with a little bit of experience here who knows the Packers' offense uh, on the practice squad now. So welcome back to Green Bay, Brandon Burks. And, and that kind of leads me in here after going through the whole injury situation here, my game prediction and what's going to happen here. You know, I continue to be confident in the Packers' defense. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I mentioned it already, the Packers' pass rush that was bad last week, but otherwise good this season. I think they're going to have a field day against the Colts who have given up, so, you know, the league-leading 31 sacks on Andrew Luck this season. Uh, it's only going to be better with Clay Matthews back, but then now they can rotate these guys. 
Nick Perry, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, Kyler Fackrell, J. Roan Elliott, Dayton Jones. They can kind of rotate these guys and just get somebody fresh out there and who's going to put a, a little bit of a pass rush on the passer here. And I think they'll get it done uh, against the Colts. And there will be several sacks this game. Uh, and, you, you know, once they start doing that and put the Colts in third and long situations, that's only helping out this Packers secondary. I, and that's what the Packers secondary needs badly because they're they're so banged up. You know, Sam Shields out, Demarius Randall out, Quinn Rollins maybe out. You know, they, they need that pass rush to to rush the passer into hurry decisions and maybe not allowing those receivers to get 10, 15 yards beyond the sticks. Um, so I, I mean, that'll be, I, I really do think the Packers pass rush is going to make an impact in this game and the secondary badly needs it. Um, I also like the strides the Packers offense is making and, and I'm saying strides here. Uh, they're not the 2011 Packers offense that I believe led the NFL in scoring, but they're at least getting better after, after bottoming out against the Cowboys, They've taken steps since that time against the against the Bears, against the Falcons. They've been scoring a little bit more, having a little bit more success, and seeing what works on the offense when when guys have been out both at the running back position and the wide receiver position. Um, and I think they'll be able to trend in that direction against an aging Colts defense uh, that that features guys who are no longer in the prime of their careers, like. Robert Mathis and Mike Adams and Dequell Jackson. These guys have all played like at least a dozen years in the NFL, some of them more. Um, and so I don't think they're, you know, going to be equipped to stop this Packers offense with regularity. Uh, so I think the Packers will take care of business. And I, I think they'll make sure it doesn't come down to the final 30 seconds this time around. Because they're still prone, I believe, to bogging down from time to time, as we saw last week. But if Eric, Aaron Rodgers can just do what he did against the Falcons, notwithstanding the final drive, the Packers will be in good shape. So I think the Packers win here by at least two scores. I, I'm My final score prediction is 28-17. Um, would like to see it. If anything, I'd err on the Packers scoring a little bit more. But as it is, I, I've got that 11-point margin here, which is comfortable enough. It's Like I said, not coming down to one drive at the end of the game. 28-17, uh, Packers win by at least two scores. So uh, I'm liking that. Uh, and, and, you know, again, a lot of it has to do with the home field advantage back in Lambeau, which will be good. Um, but finally here. The day ahead. All right. Uh, the Packers released their final injury report of the week on Friday. And I think what we're looking at today is how many guys are listed as questionable versus doubtful on the report that will be listed later Friday afternoon sometime after, you know, later in the day. Uh, I think the key guy we're looking at here more than anybody else, though, is Quentin Rollins. Just because of the lack of depth at the cornerback position, as we've already kind of talked about earlier in the show, he's kind of the biggest one because he's practiced on a limited basis, and I think the Packers desperately need him. You know, with Dimitri Goodson having a concussion, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but they could definitely use Quentin Rollins. So look at his status on the injury report when it comes out more than anybody else because, you know, I, I think 
Cobb's going to be back. Montgomery's going to be back. Matthew's going to be back. That's all good. Uh, Quentin Rollins, the coin flip here. And uh, hopefully he's in a little bit better shape than maybe hope than I hope. I, I just I just don't know. I just hope he's in good shape for the Packers' sake. Uh, and finally, Mike McCarthy's final press conference of the week before the game uh, streams live here at 9:35 a.m. Central Time, so not too much longer after the end of this show. Uh, so what we'll see what he has to say. Uh, you know, two days here before the game on Sunday. And uh, that pretty much wraps it up for Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us on uh, for the show today. Thank you to Melissa Kim for being our guest. Enjoy the game on Sunday and enjoy your weekend, folks. Um, my call to action, as always, as usual, if you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge. No subscription, no paywall, so do us a solid. Head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us that five-star rating. Brief little review. doesn't have to be anything long. I know I go through this every week, but thank you to those of you who have, uh, and we appreciate it because we think it's a service to Packers fans, so help them out. Help your fellow Packer fan out. Uh, see you, folks. Uh, on behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. Uh, I leave you today, if I can find it here, with a song called Betray the Dark by String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya! Go! Pack! Go!